This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message comes from our service on November 7th, 2021. Pastor Emma Peterson gives a message called Loving the Hell Out of This World, Exploring the Concept of Sin for Unitarian Universalists. We are all familiar with the story in the book of Genesis. God creates a land called Eden, and then God creates man from the dust in the ground, breathing life into his nostrils. God places this first human being, Adam, into the garden he created, and soon after, God creates Eve to be Adam's companion. The garden is a beautiful place filled with lush greenery and sweet-natured critters and succulent fruit to eat. Adam and Eve want for nothing, and in return, God asks for one thing. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge, God commands. But a snake visits the garden and whispering in Eve's ear, convinces her to eat the fruit God forbade her from eating. She shares the fruit with Adam and together they lose their innocence. When God returns to the garden, he asks if they have eaten from the tree of knowledge. Adam denies that they have, lying to God, and so Adam and Eve are cast from the garden with their two young sons, cursed to wander the desert with full awareness of their pain and misfortune. It is from this story that Christian doctrine, that the Christian doctrine of original sin manifests. The idea that all of us are born inherently sinful and broken, carrying the sins of the first man throughout the whole lineage of humankind. Unitarian Universalists tend to recoil at this notion that all of us are born cursed. In fact, our Universalist ancestors built their religion on this tenet, rejecting the idea that only a certain number of us are saved, which is Calvinism, believing instead that no God would create humankind only to send us all away to eternal damnation for even the slightest infraction. Unitarian Universalists reject the idea of original sin, and few of us are too keen on the story of Adam and Eve either. The idea that any sort of loving God would create a paradise for God's creation only to set them up for failure through temptation and manipulation offends us. We want no part in worshiping such a petty, mean-spirited, devious deity. If you use are to believe in any kind of God at all, it's the loving, forgiving, grace-filled kind. This rationalization around original sin is all well and good, but I fear we get a little zealous and end up throwing the entire concept of sin, the idea that human beings are inclined to cause harm to one another, out of our religion completely. In the original Greek, sin simply means missing the mark. It is at its mildest hubris and at its worst downright destructive for Unitarian Universalists to reject or ignore the concept of sin. There is indeed evil in our world, 
and I fear you use have avoided the necessary theological reflection and vocabulary building necessary to productively discuss sin as both a personal and a communal concept. In fact, our discomfort around calling evil what it is, sin, means that we have surrendered the entire conversation to the very religious movements we find most problematic. That is, evangelical movements who delight in calling out the sins of those they deem to be other. And often, we are the ones those groups are calling out. Massive social movements of conservative Christians gleefully calling us those who are atheist or humanist or queer or anti-racist or somehow just not white, cis, hetero, conservative enough, depraved sinners. And because we have avoided constructive conversation around sin as a helpful, even necessary concept, we allow the conversation around sin to be dominated by the very movements of folks we consider to be the most destructive in any attempt to build a better, more justice-centered world. In times of significant moral trouble, we in times of significant moral trouble in our world, and we are up to our ears in it at present, it is imperative that progressive religions like ours take back the conversation to reframe sin in such a way that we are able, with the full force of us, to respond to and create a process for healing the evil in our world. In order to talk about sin in any productive way, we first need to understand what we mean when we call something sin. In my interpretation, sin is any action that results in the turning away from one another. Sin is, of course, both personal and collective. Just as individual acts of bigotry are sins, so too is the enduring evil of systematic racism. Conceptualizing the biggest evils in our world as acts of collective sin returns the power to dismantle these evils back to the collective, us, who perpetuates them. UU minister Reverend Margaret Beckman asserts that sin is anything that results in a loss, a fracturing of relationship in brokenness. As Reverend Margaret says, too often we get wrapped up in whatever retribution follows the sinful act. In the story of Adam and Eve, God punishes them by casting them out of paradise. We get stuck on the consequences, failing to recognize the wound of separation, failing to move towards reconciliation and healing. We recoil at the idea of a vengeful and jealous God, and so we tend to gloss over where Adam and Eve actually did misstep. Reverend Margaret suggests that we have likely been interpreting the story of Adam and Eve all wrong. Perhaps it is not the act of eating the apple that was the sinful part. You may recall that when God returns to the garden to visit Adam and Eve after they have partaken of the fruit, God quickly notices the two of them have fashioned clothes from the leaves of the trees, covering their nakedness. And so God asks Adam, have you eaten from the tree I have forbidden you from? And Adam lies. He, den he denies that they have eaten the fruit, and he refuses to take responsibility for their choice. 
Adam declines to do the work of restoration. And it is here that the sin actually occurs because it results in breaking the relationship between man and God. For a more humanist perspective, sin is any act that separates us from one another. When we behave in ways that damage our collective efforts to create a better world, we are behaving sinfully. Sin is anything that results in a loss, whether it be a fracturing of individual relationship or a collective separation resulting from our clinging evils, from our clinging to evils inherent in the systems we create. Sin is the distance that separates me from you. It is the woundedness we refuse to heal. This past spring, I visited a friend for a cup of tea at her home. It had been a long winter of COVID isolation, and we were a little giddy as we huddled around the table, eating and drinking and trying to remember how to be social creatures. At one point, I made an insensitive joke. I blurted out something without thinking, and what I said was hurtful and kind of gross and decidedly unfunny. I was aware of the gaffe I'd made, and I left our time together that day feeling sheepish and privately embarrassed. But I didn't apologize or try to explain myself. Instead, I just went home feeling gross and weird and stuck in my shame and cowardice, unsure of how to fix it. The next morning, my friend sent me a text message. She told me what she needed to say to me wasn't easy, but she needed to say it anyway. She told me that I had hurt her feelings and made her feel small, and I needed to know that my words had caused her pain. I was so relieved when I received that text. My friend had done something enormously kind and gracious. She told me I had hurt her, and she gave me an opportunity to repair what I had broken. She allowed me to acknowledge that I'd missed the mark. She gave me an opportunity to take accountability for my actions, to make a confession of sorts, and then she forgave me, and we were able to move back towards wholeness of relationship. What my friend did for me by telling me that I'd hurt her was one of the most profound kindnesses I'd ever experienced. It's still emotional for me. You may not be surprised to hear that I have a history of saying the wrong thing, of making ill-timed jokes, of missing the mark. I'd like to think I'm getting better, but strengthening my filter will likely be a lifetime effort. I know there have been times when I have said something that was taken the wrong way, but instead of telling me about my gaffe, the person held on to their hurt letting it fester until the whole relationship was in such disrepair that the brokenness could never be healed. Sometimes I was aware of the sin I had committed, and sometimes I have sinned so unintentionally I didn't even realize it. I know now that so much of the human experience is about fallibility, but some of the best parts of the human experience are about returning to our homes in one another's hearts. When we speak about the harm that has been done to us, we are speaking into being an opportunity to heal. Ignoring sin does not mean that our sins don't cause harm. 
It simply means that we miss out on the life-giving, life-transforming act of reconciliation and repair. The world is broken, whether we like it or not, but ignoring it will only make it worse. I fear that our collective discomfort around sin as a concept means that we miss out on the concepts of reconciliation and redemption. If we reject the idea that we are capable of sin, then we, are ne then we never have to be accountable for our misdeeds. And then we miss out on the whole process of restoration. This past week, a UU minister friend of mine called to talk through a sticky pastoral care issue in their congregation. Someone in their church had done something bad, and my pastor friend was wrestling with their discomfort around having to cast any sort of judgment about the actions of the congregant, while also recognizing that without acknowledging the wrongdoing, there would be no opportunity for healing and reconciliation. I mentioned the sermon I was working on and the Jewish and Christian process for recognizing sin within community. First, the sin occurs, and then the community recognizes that the sin has taken place. They acknowledge it, they speak of it, they make light of it. Those who are responsible are called to be held accountable, and then they make their confession to the community. And then there is restitution and restoration, followed by forgiveness and grace, followed by absolution, and finally, a return to wholeness. There can be no reconciliation without the initial recognition that a sin has occurred, and the brokenness will remain, and it will likely get worse as we fall farther and farther away from each other. As we fall farther and farther away from hitting the mark of right relationship. Listen, my pastor friend responded, my current theology is this, human beings are screw-ups. Actually, uh, my friend used saltier language, but this sermon is being recorded, and so I've taken it down a few notches for posterity. You're welcome. Human beings are screw-ups, and any attempts from Unitarian Universalism, Universalists to ignore that fact of our propensity for screwing up only contributes to the problem. I tend to agree. While I, too, reject the idea of original sin, I do believe that human beings, collectively and individually, are screw-ups. We are broken. We are all broken. We are all fallible, stumbling screw-ups. And if you aren't a person reckon reckoning with how constantly you are missing the mark, you likely aren't being honest with yourself. And if it is true that you are perfect, you're likely not very fun to be around. <laughs> the Reverend Dr. Tony Larson preached on this very concept, writing, not everyone can be a Unitarian Universalist. Not everyone should be a Unitarian Universalist. Because the first criterion for getting into this church, you've got to know how to sin. That's very important to us, and not everyone knows how to do it. We don't want people here who never do wicked things. We don't want people here who are holier than thee or thou. We don't want people who have made it in the salvation department and are just waiting around to get picked up. Because people with too much heaven in them are hell to live with. Now, don't get me wrong. If there were any perfect human beings around, we might let them in. But since there aren't anyone, but since there aren't any, 
Anyone who claims they don't do wicked things is either trying to fool others or trying to fool themselves. It is the nature of the human to be evil as well as good. And you should not be a Unitarian Universalist if you're not willing to admit that yourself. We, as individuals, as a collective, and as a congregation, need to make space again for the concept of sin. I believe with every fiber of my being that Unitarian Universalism could save the world. Our seven principles could transform humanity. But first, we must acknowledge that we are sinners, not in an original from birth because of some ancient story or our parents' inability to resist lustful temptation sort of way. Not at all. Rather, in a, the human experience is one of deep imperfection and enduring fallibility sort of way. We are all broken in one way or another. We have all experienced the uncomfortable, painful reality of missing the mark, of saying the wrong thing, of acting selfishly, of being dishonest or unintentionally unkind or greedy of leaning into systems we know cause collective harm out of convenience, of doing the easy thing because the hard thing is just too hard. It is only when we are willing to admit how we have faltered that we can be offered the grace we need to return to one another. It is only in recognizing how we are wounded that we can begin finally to attend to the work of healing. It is only by recognizing the hell we carry in ourselves that we can do the work of loving the hell out of this world. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.